When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, believers, non-believers, and everyone in between. You're listening to Stories with Sapphire. I am Sapphire Sandalo. Now get cozy and open your mind because it's story time. Welcome to a bonus holiday episode of Stories with Sapphire and the last of the year. My schedule has been all over the place lately, so I apologize for this being a short one. The show will be going on a break for the winter season. If you're needing a spooky fix sooner than that, be sure to check out the new true paranormal podcast, Odd Trails. It's hosted by my friend Andrew Tate of Let's Not Meet and his longtime friend Brandon Lanier. First-person stories of the strange and supernatural every Sunday night, wherever you get your podcasts. The Young Gows, submitted by L. Hello, Ate Sapphire. I've been following your podcast for a while, and I'm amazed by the diversity of the people that share their stories. It's inspired me to share my family's story as well. However, this did not happen to me, but to my tita, who I'll call Tita Ming. I'm a Filipina living in Iloilo City. My tita lives here now, too, but this happened when she was still in Manila. This story began when she was in her 20s, way before she got married. She used to stay in Manila, near her best friend. She never told us any names, so I don't know her, but let's call her Judy. Judy had a boyfriend. Let's call him Ramon. And he was from Mindoro. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the supernatural stories from there, but I think there are a lot. Anyways, one day, Ramon invited Judy to come with him to his hometown, since it was Fiesta. The Philippines is a very conservative country, and Filipinas rarely go out to their partner's provinces, yet alone go there without any chaperone. So, she invited her best friend, Maitita. Ramon's barrio was so far from the main town. They traveled for another two hours from the town center before they reached the guy's house, and they were all very hungry during the journey. When they finally arrived, they were immediately offered food. But before she proceeded to the dining table, she noticed a stench. Something smelled really fishy. I'm not sure if that accurately described it. I don't know what you call it in English, but it's melangsa or melansa in our language. It doesn't only refer to the fish smell, but could also be blood products or the stench of a marketplace. Tita Ming's eyes scanned her surroundings, and when she saw the kitchen, she became confused. So our family loves to host parties and fiestas in our own hometown, and Tita Ming's father is a great cook, so she knows her way around the kitchen. 
But what she saw in that family's kitchen was different. The the knives, cutting boards, ladles, pans, and pots, they were all huge. Like, not like the ones she used at home. And mind you, Tita Ming's family was used to catering big parties. Tita Ming was starting to get incredibly suspicious. Something was off about this family. But she didn't say anything. She tried to act cool and not make a big deal. Because she also knew that that's when things happen. When they know that you know something. So she grabbed a plate and got some food. Some. She couldn't eat properly with the stench, so she just had a few bites. Unfortunately, Ramon's mother noticed. Why is your portion so small? She asked Tita Ming. I'm not that hungry, she replied. How can you not be hungry after such a long journey? Eat, I insist. Ramon's mother continued. Tita Ming realized that she probably looked suspicious if she didn't, so she put some more food on her plate and secretly gave it to her friend when Ramon's mother wasn't looking. At nightfall, Tita Ming and Judy were ushered to another cottage where they would sleep, far across the field from the house. Tita was a bit confused because it was in the middle of a rice field. As soon as their hosts left, Tita Ming told Judy her suspicions. Judy, I didn't want to say anything earlier, but I think Ramon's family are young gals. Judy laughed. What on earth would give you that idea? That awful stench? The the huge kitchen tools? Okay, your imagination has gone truly wild. I think we both need some sleep. Judy laid down, but Maitita stayed wide awake, on high alert. She heard movement outside. She looked out the window and saw lights across the field. They were coming closer and closer and closer, but before they had the chance to open the door, Tita opened it first. In our native language, there's this thing called dungan. It's like a measure of your soul's braveness or power, something like that. When encountering these creatures, there's this like competition called pataas dungan, where you have to be braver than the creature so it can't do anything to you first. Just like what Maitita did. When she opened the door, it was a few members of Ramon's family. She asked them, Yes? Do you need anything? No, we were just checking in on you, they replied. Are you all settled? Yes, we're about to sleep, thank you. They nodded and said their goodnights before leaving. Tita tried hard not to fall asleep because she knew if she did, something was going to happen. She didn't care if Judy didn't believe her. But the exhaustion from the journey caught up with her, and before she knew it, she was snoring. That night... She had a dream. In the dream, Ramon's mother was looking down on her as she was lying down. Then she trickled her saliva in her ear. Tita was screaming, but she couldn't do anything more than that. Then the dream ended. She woke Judy up in a panic. I dreamt that his mother put saliva in my ear. They're young gals, Judy. We have to leave. It was just a dream. You need to give this up. You are going to embarrass me in front of Ramon's family. 
Tita Ming didn't know anyone else in the area and knew she couldn't leave without Judy. So she had no choice but to pretend everything was fine while they stayed there for the next few days. Upon returning home, Tita fell ill, so ill that she lost a lot of weight. After weeks of no progress with her health, they decided to seek an albulario. When they got there, the albulario looked sullen. He said, I cannot help you, as my powers are not strong enough. They are stronger than me. Find one from your province. They have more experience with this. Tita was so ill by this time. I remember her telling me that one night she actually felt she was flying. She was sleeping, but her back didn't touch the bed. I told her you were probably just dreaming or hallucinating from the fever, you know? But she was insistent that she was conscious at that point, and she wasn't just imagining it. After that, they followed the Albulario's advice, and they went home to our province, Cabatuan, Iloilo. There, they found another Albulario who was willing to help them. We're going to have a really hard time, so you need to prepare yourself, he said. What do you mean? Tita asked. Well, you have the whole barangay against you. The whole barangay is full of them. I think every person who lives there is in a swang. Did you notice anything weird while you were there? Yes! Tita was just happy to have some validation. When I was hesitant to eat when we first arrived, some of the guests gave me weird looks. And the night when the mother yangaoed me, a group of people were surrounding the hut. I could see their flashlights and hear their feet shuffling. I think some of them were neighbors and some were family members. I tried to challenge their dungan, you know. I opened the door first to let them know I wasn't afraid. Yangao is the term when another aswang tries to convert you by putting their saliva either in your ear or on your mouth. The ear is extra dangerous since, unlike the mouth, you would not be able to vomit out the saliva right away. That's good, the Albulario said. Now, I need you to bring me three white hens tomorrow at dawn. We must hurry before you turn completely. Now, this is the part that's extra weird. I don't know if it's true, but this is what she told me. Also, if you ask around for rural myths or stories, this usually happens after a healing. Tita Ming told me that she came back that day with the sacrifice. They prayed over her before some kind of a gun was shot in the air, and then she convulsed. She vomited and vomited until a chick fell out of her mouth. The chick was small, so small that it could fit in anyone's mouth, like a balut. It had a few feathers on it, just a few. Dalbalaria was relieved when that happened. He said, Good, you've finally taken it out of your body. If you didn't come home quick enough, the chick would have matured completely. And if that happened, you would have been a hopeless and helpless case. Now, listen carefully. They've sent something to watch over you, to monitor your progress, to see if you've turned. But since they've seen that you haven't, that observer will now return to their place. You might notice something weird watching or leaving. Pay no attention to it. You are now protected. 
Tita and her family thanked the albulario profusely. When they came home, they were met by her father, Lolo Erning, who asked her, Well, how are you? Do you feel better now? Are you okay? Tita smiled and nodded. Yes, Dai, I feel so much better. It's like something was lifted off my chest. By the way, did you notice anything strange when we left? Lolo answered, Yes, when we heard the gunshot, a woman with long hair that reached the ground was walking in the forest, as if she was leaving. She was so tall as well, and her skin was pale. I knew that she was the guardian who was sent to see you and report about your changes. When I saw her leaving, I knew that you were healed. Needless to say, Judy broke up with Ramon pretty shortly after. I love this story. It's absolutely wild and touches on all the classic elements of an Aswang story. The suspicions and attempted transformation and Albulario's help, a small chick. And Aswang represents a rejection of Filipino values. They consume human blood and masquerade as humans when they are not. That's why they are so feared. You can never truly know who of your neighbors might be one. Whether it's being turned into a vampire, a zombie, or a werewolf, the fear of being turned into a monster is a universal one we see in horror stories. But do you actually change completely? Or are you just adding on to who you already are? Let's say Tita Ming wasn't able to stop the transformation in time, and she became a young Gao. It would still be her body, just with some new features, right? What truly makes us, us? Thanks for joining me today. I hope this episode inspires you to ask your own families to share their spooky stories with you this holiday season. Stories with Sapphire will return in the new year. Until then, you can send me your own stories at storieswithsapphire at gmail.com. If you like what you heard and would like to support this independently run show, consider becoming a member of my Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash storieswithsapphire to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe to youtube.com slash sapphiresandalo, where I post animated spooky stories and more. Salamat and good night. Stories with Sapphire is created and produced by me, Sapphire Sandalo. Music written by Sapphire Sandalo. Special thanks to Elle. For more information on this episode and my guests, visit storieswithsapphire.com. <laughs>